This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course spoilers, and goes into detail about the topics discussed. So, if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items they talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, hold on to your headphones, because the MSP crew is reviewing SDCC 2015 with a little something extra for all y'all Flash fans. Steven enters alternate realities with the JLA. Rodrigo meets a different kind of fearsome critter, and I roll with the smoothest cat in the galaxy far, far away. Oh, thanks, Plus man. the poll of the week, a special star, and all the news printed to fit. We know you love comics something, something dark side. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Welcome, everyone, to issue 633 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing this podcast with a friend. Or an enemy. Hey, you know what? Here's the thing. We always talk about it. It sure would be great if more people would read comics because comics really are an important means of communication. It's an art form. It is, you know, it's a way to tell a story. And we're always talking about getting more people into this. So... Some people are like, well, I'm a gamer. I really, I don't really read comic books. You know how many people have listened to our, our uh, podcast, Critical Hit, and have said, it's around there, uh, and have said, you know what? I, you guys are always talking about this major spoilers podcast. I started listening to it after hearing you guys talk about it on Critical Hit. Now I'm into comics, and I really like that. Yep. So when someone says, eh, I'm not really into that, take them on a 10-hour car ride across the United States and force them to listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> So hold them hostage is what you're saying. <laughs> no, but sure. Just, just say, hey, give this, epi- give this show three episodes. And if you're not convinced at the end of that time, then move along. But uh, I think people, yeah, you know. want you anyway. Uh, well, no, I'm saying you, you, your listeners go do that to your friends. Right. Yeah. Force your friends to do stuff because that never ends poorly. No, never. Hey, look at there, Rodrigo. No Zach again this week. Aww. Where's Zach? Where is Zach? Zach is busy. Zach is busy. So Zach is not going to be part of the Major Spoilers podcast show that we normally do uh, because he's got some other commitments with a new job going on and some, uh, some, uh, I think, baby making stuff. So being young and, and young and in love with a brand new wife and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so he's wanting really to spend time with his spouse. Yes, that's and there's nothing wrong with that. Um so, uh, yeah, he's really busy now, and so he's really going to be focusing on occasional Munchkin lands, Zach on film. I think that's it. Yeah. Yes. I think those are the two shows that he, he does. So Zach on film will continue. You'll actually hear him uh, later this week. Uh, but uh, he's not going to be part of this show proper. And we're really happy that, uh, that he's got some uh, good job things going on in his life that yep. keep him busy. So. In the meantime, Matthew, and, Matthew and I are still here and our lives are miserable. So That's right. Hey, hey. Hey, Rodrigo. I, I talked to my wife. Hey. San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Just wrapped up this past week in San Diego. 
and there's a lot of news. Now, this weekend on Zach on Film, or this uh, Friday on Zach on Film, we're going to talk about all the movie news, which, uh, again, a lot of people say just dominates the, the convention. And to be quite honest, in the way that people release their press releases, there's really nothing else to talk about at Comic-Con. I mean, we talked about this uh, last week or two weeks ago, that Dynamite Entertainment, Image Comics, uh, Valiant Entertainment all release some of their biggest uh, news items ahead of the show. And even DC Comics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, are releasing some stuff like a day or two. Or uh, in the case of DC, some of the press releases came in a couple of hours before the event. So it's like, well, you're kind of defeating the point of talking about comics at Comic-Con if you're releasing all the news ahead of time. Well, but they know that it's going to get lost otherwise. Yeah, that is the problem. In the 150,000, actually, I'm looking here, 130,000 people that go to Comic-Con each year, just into the convention center, there's a lot of things to get lost. Toys, comic books, merchandise, cosplay, movies, TV. What else is there? A lot of stuff. What were some of the, what, what was a story that, that really jumped out at you, Matthew, from this year's San Diego Comic-Con? Well, the one that jumped out at me was actually uh, a friend of mine was telling me that she was at the party mm-hmm. that Adam Savage held where his uh, oh, Indiana yeah, Jones Indiana, stone the, props. The Shankara stones. Yeah, got harked. Yeah. Um, and she was very upset about it because uh, apparently she found was these doing three stones thing, in her pocket I, at the end huh? of the night. She found these three stones in her room at the end of the night. <laughs> No, she actually uh, lives in San Diego, so she's one of those lucky people who got to go and hobnob all day and then go home and sleep in her own bed. Yeah. So, th- you know, yeah. super jealous of that. So here's the deal. Um, on Saturday night, I think it's Saturday night, Adam oh, Savage Saturday, of Mythbu- yeah. Mythbuster fame, they do this uh, big event uh, called the Cinephile event where it's all about movies and all this cool things. And Adam, for the last couple of years, has brought props and, and um, costume replicas that he has created and put them on display along with a bunch of other stuff. And it's a big party and big stars and celebrities are there and it's a lot of fun. This year, Adam tweeted out to those asking my rare Indiana Jones Sankara stones missing since San Diego Comic-Con party haven't been returned. Devastating. And they're really cool. Um, but this does bring up the bigger question of what should you take and not take to Comic-Con? Because obviously something like these Indiana Jones prop replicas are really cool, or if they're the actual props used in the movie, they're really cool. Costumes are really cool. Original art is really cool. Seeing the very first appearance of Spider-Man in, in Amazing Fantasy 15 there at the show is really cool. But every year we start getting reports of someone stole $5,000 worth of original art from this artist's table, or someone walked away with a rare copy of this that was at this booth. Why do people got to be this way, Rodrigo? Uh, I don't know. I mean, who was I talking? <laughs> somebody was talking to this saying that, you know, Comic-Con is just really chill and everybody's really cool. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's not a lot of pressure and not a lot of things. And then you hear these crap bastard stories of people just absconding with, with other people's stuff. Sure. I mean, that's all it takes is like one person deciding to not be super chill to the max. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 a human thing. It's human nature to occasionally uh, impulsively make a decision that ends up, you know, making you the one douchebag at the bottom of the barrel. I think that the the real shame about this is that he made a point of reaching out to just regular folks and fans and trying to share his Comic-Con right. experience. And his passion and his love of and stuff. And the things that he loves. And, you know, he got burned. And I hope that that, uh, I mean, obviously Adam is, he's, he's a grown up and he has a whole lot of things that he does. But you're going to be upset when something like that happens. Oh, you're going to yeah, be yeah. devastated. 
I'm hoping that this doesn't change his feeling about going to the Comic-Con and hanging out with people and just, you know, being a fan among the fans. Yeah. Because he goes, he goes every year and, and does the costume thing and yeah, hides out, right? And this year it was really cool. We've got the video up on the Major Spoilers website from uh, Tested.com. Uh, he dressed up as one of the 2001 uh, Space Odyssey astronauts uh, from when they went up to the moon. And to throw everybody off, because everybody's like always looks for the best costume, he goes, oh, that must be Adam. Uh, this year, he enlisted the help of a friend to also dress up in a very similar costume or the exact uh, same costume and walk the show so that if someone said, oh, if you're Adam Savage, oh, no, I'm actually astronaut Chris Hadfield. So I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was cool. In fact, NASA actually had a booth at Comic-Con this year, which I thought was kind of crazy. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rodrigo, was there a story that stood out to you at uh, Comic-Con? Uh, I thought it was interesting that after uh, years of people pointing at uh, NBC uh, in regards to the TV show Heroes and saying, you guys are totally ripping off Marvel Comics, <laughs> they decided to go with a title for the relaunch that is that is the title of a major Marvel yes. Comics event. Yes. Heroes Reborn. Yes, Heroes Reborn. I was really impressed by that. Yeah, it's actually the, I mean, they're bringing back a lot of the old uh, people. And it does seem very, you know, there was, they did that, and I didn't see it because at that time I was kind of fed up with Heroes, but they did that Days of Future Past storyline yeah. at one point. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what this feels like, but this is the future and it's right. awful. And now we have to figure out a way to fix it as opposed to time travel stuff. So I don't know. It, it, it seems very fascinating. This is the equivalent of your favorite X-Men team getting their five issue limited series yeah. 10 years later, mm -hmm. bringing back the original team. And it's great because unlike the comics, these characters have actually aged. 10 oh years yeah. Yeah. In the 10 years. So if hero Nakamura comes back, he does. Masi, Masi uh, Oka is going to be 10 years later. Yeah. There's a shot I where, think is great. if you watch the trailer, there's a shot where he's like surprised to see me. And no. uh, yeah. So it looks cool. I think the only one that's for sure not returned, well, I think there's two of them. Uh, yeah. Hayden or Spock. the uh, little girl. Um, yeah. The cheerleader. Yeah. Pantier. Pantier. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Spock, yeah, will not be back. Well, and you can't expect Spock to come back. He's busy doing Spock things on a distant planet far, far away. My planet needs me now. I must go. <laughs> Spock is not Poochie. <laughs> you know, there died on his way home. <laughs> no, you are wrong and bad. Uh, from the comic book side, there were a couple of crossovers that were announced that I thought were rather out there, I think. Uh -huh. And the biggest one for me that I thought was really out there was. Coming in, I think, 2016, mm -hmm. Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, that looks, I mean, IDW has been doing some crazy stuff. And I, unfortunately, I have not, still have not had a chance to um, read the first issue of Green Lantern Star Trek. Mm -hmm. But man, if IDW has a good relationship with DC and they're doing Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are coming in November, then... Holy cow. That's going to be crazy. I hope that it's 1986 Dark Knight Returns. Must climb higher, Batman. It, it looks like, I mean, it. Well, and, and which Ninja Turtles, though? Because if it's well, like Raphael, Donatello. Well, no, what I mean is like if it's 1984 <laughs> Ninja Turtles is actually not that different. Uh, yeah, story is brought to life by James Tinney in the fourth. Um, Freddie Williams, the second. Uh, well, that makes Ninja them Turtles. the sixth power. Let's see. We, bah, bah, bah. I'm trying to find if they have anything. 
In an ongoing power struggle between the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, General Krang and the Foot Clan, uh, allegiances have shifted and the battle lines have been drawn. Uh, Krang uh, cord- uh, concocts a plan to rid himself of both the Turtles and Shredder by transporting them to another dimension where they land in a dark and dangerous streets of Gotham City. It isn't long before they encounter Gotham's most favorite, uh, famous resident, Batman. Cape Crusader may be their only hope of overcoming their enemy and getting back home, but not before they encounter a whole cast of Gotham's most infamous rogues. You know what? You know what would be great? Yes. If, like immediately after landing in Gotham, they befriend Vicky Vale. That would be funny. <laughs> that would, that be, would funny. be That would be good. Like, what I really want to see is I want to see Raphael just beat the living crap out of the Joker. It may happen. That's you what never I want to see. I want to see the Joker try his shtick on Raphael and just have him just punch him in the face. That's what out. I want to see. There was another crossover event uh, announced that was almost equally as weird, but I can't find it at the moment. Um, was it Archie meets the Ramones? Archie meets the Ramones is coming out, which will be kind of cool. But I mean, Archie's already met Kiss. Archie's already met the Predator and Aliens. Are they going backwards in time? I don't know what's going on. Well, it, obviously, it's got to be the officially licensed Ramones and not the real ones, right? But uh, was it was it no, Batman sixty six meets the Avengers? That's the other one that was uh, announced that I think was that I thought was pretty cool was that uh, they're taking the Batman sixty six characters. They've already crossed them over with Green Hornet both in the original TV show and a continuation in the comic books. Yep. Now they're taking the uh, Steed and Mrs. Peel characters and having them meet Batman sixty six. Hmm. What do you think about that, Matthew? Uh depends on the art. Anything involving Steed and Mrs. Peel. It just lives and dies on whether that person can draw Diana Rigg for me. And mm. I, I freely admit it. I mean, that's, that is, for me, the hill upon which I shall die for any Avengers licensed property. You can write a terrible story, but if you can draw a good-looking Diana Rigg, I'll probably want to read that comic book. Hey, man, I feel that. It's like if I open up a Spider-Man comic and he's got armpit webs, I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think that... From the perspective of do those two things mesh? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Tonally, they're really very, very similar. They're kind of a tongue-in-cheek sci-fi adventure oh, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. We've already seen kind of costumed lunatics interacting with Steed and Mrs. Peel. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the idea of a super spy. I'm sure there was some sort of James Bond parody at least once on the original Batman. Was it? Uh, but isn't our... Archie's uh, cousin a spy, or wasn't there? A, or is that the whole point of the Punisher thing? Who's the spy Archie Andrews guy? That's not even. He looks like Archie, and everybody thinks he's Archie, but he's really a secret spy, and that's why he comes to Riverdale. Um, a man called a man called Flintstone. Yes, man called Flintstone. Ah, now there was an evil. There was a, a criminal who looked just like Archie that the Punisher was trying to kill that brought the Punisher to Riverdale. Ah, okay. Um, I think the this guy looks like somebody in the Archie Pantheon is a pretty well worked trope. I mean, Veronica Lodge has five or ten different lookalikes. Ooh, Veronica Lodge. There's another one. Um, v- what is it? Uh, Vampironica is coming <laughs> back as well, and that is the uh, the uh, Veronica Lodge version of Vampirella is nice. coming in in uh, I think to th- I think in October. There was a lot. This is the weird thing because uh, there was a lot of stuff that they wanted to announce at Comic Con. Mm-hmm. but they also knew that this week was the week that the previews catalog arrives. Right. And so it's like they announced everything as quickly as they could Friday and Saturday. 
because first thing uh, Tuesday morning when everyone got back from the show, my email box is flooded with, here's all the solicitations. Please get them up as quickly as you can. So yeah. Marvel, I, literally, I got the Marvel one. I was like, okay, DC will come out tomorrow. No, DC came out today, and they're like, please post this this afternoon at this time. Then Dark Horse came in and is like, please put this up immediately. IDW is like, please post this immediately. Image Comics is like, please post this immediately. And I'm like, guys, you know how long it takes to get all that up? And, uh, yeah, so they are already, you know, they made a lot of stuff that announcements of things that are coming out in October and November, Mm -hmm. and you're going to be able to check them out right now in the previews catalog that's out. And you're going to want to, uh, to go order some of the cool things. I will say this. I want to read Archie meets the Ramones just to see more art by Giselle Mm -hmm. because wow, does she draw an incredible Betty Cooper? Yeah. Uh, don't go looking for her work, by the way, if you're under 18 on the Intar webs. But oh, I'm sure the their parents have already put in the uh, adult content blocker. Let's hope the stuff that she draws on the internet is definitely um, adult. I I'm a huge fan though of her art. What else, Rodrigo? What else did you find? Uh, there's a uh, Legend of Korra comic. Yes, coming. the new new one coming out. Mm-hmm. Of course, they've already had a, a Legend of Korra series before that was canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one is picking up right after the events of the uh, season four yeah. ending. Yep. And is uh, or Dynamite? This is, ah, oh, God dang it. I want to say it's Dark Horse, yeah. Okay. I knew it was one of the, the guys who do that. Yeah. <laughs> And it will continue to explore the relationship between Korra and um, Asami. Asami. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. the 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 main image circulating the internet is, you know, these two girls snuggling. Mm-hmm. So they're not really shying away from that. Good for them. Yeah, really, because you know, you can tell that um, basically the relationship in the show moved as slow as it did for two reasons. One. There was like a giant major plot line going on. Mm -hmm. And two, I think they were leery of what Nickelodeon would say. I mean, already by the time the show ended, it had been relegated to the back of their website. Yes. Yes. Um, So it's like, how far could Nickelodeon kick them at at that point? But it's it's nice to see a (laughs) continuation. You know, uh, again, because of the way that things ended with the show, I wonder if from here on out, the only Avatar uh, type properties we're going to get are going to be comics. It might be. Because, you know, the movie didn't do well and Nickelodeon really lost a lot of faith in the show. And the fans lost a lot of faith on Nickelodeon because of their team. Does Nick own the rights to Korra or do the creators own the rights? I have to look that up. I do not know. But I would be very surprised if Nickelodeon doesn't own them. If Nick doesn't own them, then it wouldn't surprise me if um, the creators couldn't go to somebody like a, a channel like Machinima uh, or something like that and say, hey, let's produce original content for the Nerdist channel or Geek and Sundry or Machinima channel. Uh, Machinima announced that they were doing a um, uh, Transformers mm-hmm. uh, series that will be very much to the liking of adults as opposed to kitty fair stuff. Uh, now that's only going to be online, so you're going to be able to see that. Um, CW's Seed uh, network is running the Vixen animated series, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, so yeah, there may be some life in, in the, in the internet, in the internet somewhere for sure. that, for that property, which I hope there is. Cause I think, I, I just think that there's still a lot of potential yeah. of stories to be told. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Matthew, did you find anything else? Uh, I was actually looking at that Legends of Korra piece that uh, you, you guys was talking about because yeah. I hadn't necessarily seen it. But I think that the the biggest part of it for me that was interesting was how much of it 
seemed like things that had been super hinted at beforehand mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, you know, flat out told beforehand. Right. Uh, the, the trailer, what is the Alan Tudyk, uh, Nathan Fillion con men thing? Yes, that's brand new. Um, that was actually a Indiegogo campaign. Yeah. Um, that's a web series that I think starts in crap it. When does that start? I, I, if you have it there in front of you, shout it out. But yeah, they debuted that. And that looks like a lot of fun. Unfortunately, I wish that there had been more promotion about this because I saw a lot of people when I went over to their Indiegogo uh, site or whatever the campaign was that they used. They didn't use Kickstarter. A lot of people were like, I wish I would have known about this before the campaign closed because more people were like, how am I just finding out about this now? It looks it looks I fun. I see a date. But yeah, it's going to be on Vimeo, right? Yeah, it's a Vimeo thing. It's fourteen ninety five. In fact, I signed up for to be uh, alerted when it finally comes out. I think it's fourteen ninety five for the entire ten episode run. Right. But the way the way the Vimeo page has it kind of spelled out, it's like you pay fourteen ninety five to rent those shows for three weeks, which is weird because I'm not going to spend fourteen ninety five right to rent those shows for three weeks. I will pay fourteen ninety five to own all ten of those web episodes, which I think are only fifteen minutes a piece anyway. Right. I would buy those episodes, for that. Twelve episodes. Ten minutes. There you go. So two hours worth of content. Uh, September thirtieth. It looks like is there you the go. launch date. There you go. Um, so I'm just not totally sold on if Vimeo is just renting that. I'm hoping that they also, in addition to Vimeo, a month or two later, bump it out onto some other yeah. outlets like iTunes or something like that. Maybe they'll put it on a DVD. That'd be nice. I think if you look in the rewards on that, that may have been one of the things that people or got a VHS copy, VHS copy, uh, the thing, super that, VHS copy. The thing that really surprised me is, uh, I've got a couple of these one sixth scale figures. I've got one of, uh, Steve jobs. I've got one of black widow. I've got a couple iron man ones and they're really nice. They're ultra detailed and, but they're big. They're like 12 inches tall. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you will get some props. Now last year, I do have one of these. I, I thought I ordered the the uh, the DeLorean too, but I have a Marty McFly one that just came in from Back to the Future. But the the DeLorean that they uh, unveiled last year is a sixth scale DeLorean from Back Holy to the Future, moly. which means the thing is huge, four feet long by two and a half feet wide, right? And everyone was blown away by going, "Oh my God, look how big that thing is! How can you? Oh my gosh, are you really going to sell it?" And they did sell it. I thought I ordered it, but I can't find a receipt, so I'm guessing I didn't order it at the last minute because it's probably something like fifteen hundred dollars yeah. or something. Uh, I didn't think that they'd be able to. Top That's how that. you buy a real car. $1, I know. $1, I know, right? I didn't think they could top that. They uh, Hot Toys and Sideshow Collectibles did unveil Back to the Future two versions of Marty McFly and um, the DeLorean. So I mean, probably means next year will be version three. But the thing that blew it, yes, (laughs) yes, a six scale train. It's going to be eight feet long. It's going to, here's the thing. Hot toys and sideshow collectibles said, yeah, that's, that's really cool. But we've also got a one sixth scale millennium Falcon cockpit, (gasps) just the cockpit from the millennium Falcon super. And this is the thing. These things are super highly detailed down to the very last little blinking thing. And it fits four of these star Wars figures inside of it. Just to kind of give what? you an idea. Yeah. You, Those, but this, this, so it's at least, as, it's got to be bigger than the DeLorean, first of all, in order right. to, to sure. fit four people in there comfortably and still have the canopy and everything that goes with that. That's got to be huge. I'm, I'm imagining it's going to be at least, uh, there's pictures of it you can see up on the Major Spoilers website. I'm looking at it right now. Holy moly. Right next to that is a one-sixth scale TIE fighter. Mike. My- 
God, it's three feet tall. The, the TIE fighter is three feet tall. And it's huge. You can see people standing there, and it's, it's three or four feet tall. It's got to be at, at least three feet tall, if not taller. It's wow. one that will fit a one-sixth scale stormtrooper on the inside or uh, uh, TIE fighter pilot on the inside. I'm going to put Princess Leia in it. In the TIE fighter? Then, yeah, Princess Leia is going to fly the TIE fighter. She's going to go in under their radar and just blow up the Death Star while the, the guys are doing their thing, see? It is. And then, of course, they did have new Luke Skywalker, episode seven, st- some episode seven stuff, and uh, other one six scale. There's a one six like scale Boba, Boba Fett. Fett that's in there, too, that looked pretty cool. I was blown away on the first day of the show when they showed that. And I was like, holy cow, look at how big that thing is. Look at all the detail. There's going, there are going to be Star Wars fans that buy these things. Because oh, yeah. what, a, what a talking point. If I had money and a place to keep it, and any that to me scale figures, yeah, and and money. So l- let me just put it this into perspective. Wife, I would buy that cockpit. My guess is, if you bought the cockpit and the four figures, you're going to spend somewhere around because those figures are anywhere from two hundred to four hundred dollars a piece. So you're spending at the minimum eight hundred on the figures, at the most um, uh, sixteen hundred dollars, or no, thirty two hundred dollars for the figures. Uh, and then you throw in another, f- I'm going to guess, two grand for the cockpit. There's five grand right there. Okay. But my thing is, if I, I, I and again, I like you, like you, Matthew, right now. if I had the money to buy this, my question is, where the heck would I display it? Mm-hmm. This is something that, you know, a business would buy. Like major yes. spoilers, if we had a, a real physical office. Or like would, if you have a comic shop and you want like a yes. display piece. Yes. Yes. Exactly. If you had a business, this would be something that brings people in to talk. Because I still go up to um, Elite Comics up in Overland Park in Kansas City. And if you guys check it out, it's a very small comic book shop. But you go in and they've got one of the big Silver Surfer props that they had from uh, the movie theater displays. They've got the uh, Simpsons couch with all the Simpsons sitting on it in there. It's a really cool place to check out. But I would imagine if we had uh, 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 Major Spoilers HQ where people were coming in and doing things, this would be something that you would have. To just say, hey, this is kind of a representative of what we are. But if there is a fan out there. Right next to those stones that you stole from Adam. Yeah, there you go. You know, uh, I've been looking for people to tell me their Star Wars stories, Mm -hmm. right, for an upcoming episode that I want to do and put together. Many of you have written to me, podcast at Majorspoilers.com. If you have a Star Wars story about the time that you saw, like in 1977, you went and saw uh, Star Wars in the theater for the first time. And it totally changed you and you have some fantastic story to tell me about that event. I want to hear from you. So podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Just write a real quick paragraph describing it and I will get back to you on that. Uh, you could also do the same thing with episode one or Return of the Jedi or any of those things. Uh, I've got a great story about uh, seeing Empire Strikes Back with my dad that is very special to me. Uh, but that's what I'm looking for. At the same time, if you are someone who is buying or has bought these one six scale star Wars figures and prop replica stuff. I would very much like to talk to you about that. Not to just say, where do you get your money and all this stuff, but to, to talk to you about your reasoning, why the passion, the reason why you have to, to have these things in your life. It, I think it would be very interesting discussion. <laughs> Major spoilers podcast episode. Hey, I, What's wrong with you? No, I mean, I've got, I mean, I, I've talked about this before. I've got a life size Batman statue in my nerd room, Right. I've got a one six scale Steve Jobs figure that sits here on the desk and looks at me disapprovingly every single day of my life. 
Uh, so I can understand people getting into these kinds of things. If you followed the Instagram feed, you saw me wear my flash helmet and you saw me wear my Dr. Fate helmet uh, during Comic-Con. Uh, so there's people that are passionate about a lot of things yeah. and want to surround themselves with those kinds of things. I, I don't want to make fun. I want to I want to talk about your passion about those things. By the way, Matthew, I don't know if you noticed, but one of the uh, scale figures that they have is Maria Hill. Yes, that's movie. a brand new one that came out at the show. <laughs> so you can actually have Robin Sparkles blow up the Death Star if you're really. Oh, wanted. I'll have to make her little jacket. Yeah, make a little jean jacket for her. Yeah. That that was. Yeah. The, I that need was, somebody from Hot Toys to make me a one-six scale Victoria so I can have her drive. Uh, you know what? Go to hottoys.com. Uh, no, actually, is it hottoys.com because it's a company out of China? Oh, uh, they've got a Facebook page. But, you know, they have... Yeah, facebook.com slash hottoys. Yeah. And uh, who knows? They may have at some point done a one-six scale figure of How I Met oh. Your Mother. They probably should have. That would be awesome. But I'm, I'm really surprised. That was one of the big ones that they showed off at the show were the new Ant-Man ones. And they said, hey, everyone's been asking about a Maria Hill. Here's Maria Hill. And, yeah. you know, I if you go, if listeners, if you go to our, our um, YouTube channel, Major Spoilers Video, I've done an unboxing of the Black Widow figure from, um, I think it was Age of Ultron. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. But I had to put it back in the box afterwards. Why? Because it is creepily lifelike. She was glaring at the him. eyes. Yeah. The eyes look at you and they're like, it's really weird because Why there's here? something about them that they look real, but you can tell that they're dead eyes. True. And so right. it's this, this thing looking at you with this very realistic lifelike look, but yes. with dead eyes and it's creepy and I had to put it back. The, the Ben Kenobi <laughs> figure is so realistic. Yeah. It's really cool. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Now, I will say their Han Solo in the big picture looks more like Richard Hatch from Battlestar Galactica. A little bit. But even so, I mean, the amount of work that goes into making these realistic is phenomenal. Yeah, it is. It's one of those things where you almost wish that you had the money to play on this level. I know. I know. And then you you know that you don't want to. Got to win the lottery. Listeners, we have so many San Diego Comic-Con stories, and they're still going up, including a lot of videos from the actual panels that were going on. Um, You can find all of that over at Majorspoilers.com. On the right column, you will find a little button that says the Major Spoilers San Diego Comic-Con coverage here. It's going to be up for another couple of weeks. Just click on that. That'll take you to all of our SDCC stories. Uh, If you are on a mobile device or a tablet, I had a weird conversation with my dad this weekend. I'll tell you about that here in a moment. It it may be all the way down at the bottom of the screen, just the way that the site formats. Here's the the conversation. Uh, We talk about asking you to use Amazon a lot. And we really appreciate everyone who goes to the Majorspoilers.com website, clicks on that Amazon link, because every time you click on that and you buy something through that link, a little bit comes back our way and helps us do these kinds of things. Here now is a... Actual recreation of the phone call with my dad Saturday morning. Ring. Hello? Hey, son, it's your dad. Hey, dad, what's up? And I'm thinking it's like bad news, right? Because he sure. never calls. Sure. I'm thinking, oh, God, mom's dead or something, right? Sure. Uh, hey, dad, what's up? Uh, not a whole lot. Hey, where's that Amazon link over on uh, the major spoiler site? I said, on the right side. No, I don't see it there. I'm like, are you on your Kindle device? He's like, yeah. I'm like, scroll all the way down to the bottom and it should be there. Oh yeah, there it is. All right. Thanks. Bye. He never calls, right? First of all, (laughs) then he calls 
And I've even exaggerated and extended the length of that call. The call was literally 30 seconds with my dad wanting to make make a purchase through that Amazon link at Majorspoilers.com. Thank you, Dad, for your support. That was nice of him. Yes, oh. it was. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> so, And thank you, listeners, for everyone who uses that Amazon link. Uh, we, we greatly appreciate that. Did anybody get the, the hot tub? No one has gotten the hot tub yet. Uh-huh. Yet, I say, but you do get a a free year gold membership at our uh, Major Spoilers VIP website at members.majorspoilers.com. if you get that hot tub and you live within driving distance of Topeka, I will come and sit in your hot tub with you. And maybe he will even record a uh, Major Spoilers podcast from from the the hot tub. From the hot tub. That's right. Yes. Uh, Sandy Okakon. That won't be in any way bad on my laptop. Oh, you can, you know. Can you, make, can you get a life case for yeah, your Yeah, Scott Johnson over there at uh, Frog Pants Network, he has, he's recorded a couple of his shows from his hot tub uh, a couple of years ago. So it can be done. San Diego Comic-Con 2016 will take place Thursday, July 21st to July 24th. So uh, mark your calendar now. Only 130,000 tickets available to get into the show floor. I'm going to bet that they're going to be... I bet they're already, for the pre-sales that they do, I bet they're already sold out for those. So I can imagine. Yeah. All right. What else we got? Um, there was something else I was going to mention here. Oh, check out uh, Lizard People, Dear Readers. It's a brand new podcast that we added to the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. It's run. Uh, it's hosted by uh, George Chimples, who writes for the site. You may have also heard him on this week's uh, Critical Hit. <gasps> uh, yeah. And uh, he's got a podcast that he does with his friends. It's a literary podcast. And many of you longtime listeners know, if you've listened from Alpha all the way to 633, you know that I've always wanted to do a book podcast, but I don't have the time. Yeah. He does. And so every other week they, they do and books. And the rest of us are uncultured swine. Yes, Every time it. Stephen's like, I'm going, we're going to read this book. And I'm like, where are the pictures in it? Yeah. Uh, but it's a really it's a really good podcast. I'm glad to have it a part of it. So every two weeks they do a book, and then the alternating weeks they talk about general topic type stuff. Sure. So uh, it's good. Go check it out. We're glad to welcome them to the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. General topic. General topic. General topic. Uh, let us go. Uh, you know uh, he uh, he's the one that got promoted from Corporal Punishment. So right. Right. Let us do some reviews, shall we? Review. <laughs> I am so interested, Matthew, in Star Wars. Lando number one. <laughs> you know, Chewbacca's Chewbacca. That was the other thing that came out of Comic-Con. Chewbacca's getting his own miniseries. What a Wookiee. And, the, and I'm, they're not, they're not providing English dialogue for Chewbacca in it. How oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I think it'll it's be brilliant. like the first I 20 minutes of the holiday speak. special. I think that there is some internal, internal dialogue memory. stuff, but I think most of it is just strictly, Oh, I know what it is. He's got a translator with him. Uh, so there you go. There you go. They should take C three PO with it. They him. should just do like text boxes of what he's thinking and hire mm-hmm. the uh, Shakespearean oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Star yeah. Wars guy to do yeah. the dialogue. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> there is a new book of that coming out too, the final one before episode seven. It is on its way to the major spoilers HQ as we speak. But Lando Calrissian, Matthew. Lando number one of five from Marvel Comics, written by Charles Sewell. Uh, it's got like a bazillion covers. Uh, my favorite, I think, is the action figure uh, cover. Yes, because I had the Lando action figure. Yeah, Lando so was I. the only—he was the only major player that I had. I didn't have any of the normal figures. I had like Han Solo in his uh, his warm uniform gear. Yeah, but I had Lando. Lando was my big leader guy, and Lando always got to fly the Millennium Falcon. Uh, art by Alex Maliev, if you remember him from Daredevil, and this issue opens with probably the most. 
Lando moment you can imagine. He's about to steal an artifact. When oh, the, the Shankara stones? To, no. The oh. woman he's about to steal it from wakes up and says, hey, baby, what are you doing? <laughs> and it turns out that Lando has successfully seduced one of the Empire's most vicious moths, uh, who is a, a, a lovely young woman in the art, and says that while she herself is not evil, she is merely a tool of the Emperor's wrath. And it's a really complex story. Because it starts, first of all, with that revelation. And then we have Lando basically trying to charm his way in and out of half a dozen situations. Now, I haven't read a lot of ex expanded universe stuff with Lando. But this That's features... good because it's all been erased after um, yeah. no, last year. Don't don't start that with me. I'm a Legion of Superheroes fan. You can declare things non-canonical all you want. They still happen. The Lobot. You remember Lobot from yeah. uh, Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Lobot is in this as a major player, and Lobot is apparently one of Lando's buds. He has uh, these, the uh, computer thing hooked into his brain by the Empire. He was supposed to be one of their tacticians in the field. So when the Empire would go into battle, the Lobot would use his computer brain to run tactical stuff, but he has somehow ended up on the run with Lando and basically scamming his way across the galaxy. Uh, and, of course, there's a heist involved. Lando owes some powerful people some money, so he and Lobot have to go and pull off an incredible heist and steal a ship, and they're told that the ship belongs to some imperial dude, but if you get this ship, we'll write off your debt, and you'll, be, you'll finally be clear with the not Jabba the Hutt guy. And on the last page, a guy walks in to explain to the actual owner of the ship that it's been stolen. So he walks in and he kneels and he says, Exalted Emperor Palpatine, I have truly unfortunate news. Dun, dun, dun. Cool. Yeah, it's, this is good. I mean, Charles Sewell, I've, what's the, I think the last thing I read that Charles Sewell did was She-Hulk. But he's one of those guys who seems to write everything and write a little of everything. Mm-hmm. And I really like the, the grasp of the Lando character because, I mean, when we meet Lando in Empire, Lando is vaguely seedy and not particularly trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And one of those Han Solo knows him, but they may or may not be on good terms kind of things. And he's always had that sort of mysterious thing going on. Plus, you know, sky blue cape. Yeah. Can you beat a sky blue cape? I don't think you can. If you like that, you might you might want to check because Billy D. Williams reprises his character of Lando in Star yeah. Wars Rebels in a couple of episodes, and oh, cool. he's he's quite the character, and it's they're good episodes. I may have to check those out. I haven't watched any Star Wars Rebels, but having read this issue and having I think just finished or almost finished the Princess Leia limited, mm, mm -hmm. Marvel's putting out some good stuff in the Star Wars expanded universe. They Three have, and a half slices, awesome of the old meatloaf for Lando number one. The um, Leia and Darth Vader series have both been in the number uh, in the top ten spots. On I most only read comics. the first issue of Darth Vader, mm -hmm. so I don't know where it went, but it started out pretty interestingly. The Princess Leia thing was amazing because it seemed like a story that needed to be told. It mm -hmm. was the story of what do you do when your entire home world has been destroyed. For 40 years now, we've been processing this Star Wars film, and I don't remember, I don't recall anybody 
having Princess Leia actually deal with that and have, you know, something really Mm -hmm. meaty to deal with that. I mean, everyone she knows is dead. Her planet is gone. Right. That's a serious story. And, you know, somebody just went, hey, let's tell that now. And I'm like, why hasn't someone thought of that already? Yep. Uh, Rodrigo. Yes. Is this like a new volume of Critter? Because this book seems like a new number ones pop up all the time. That's exactly what I thought. Um, so, yeah, I was like, oh, it's time to read something for major spoilers. Um, and I've seen a little bit of Critter around. I haven't been following mm-hmm. it, but I assumed, since Critter's been around for years now. At least three years. Yeah. That this would be a new volume, but um, I don't think it is. Now, I haven't read the very first issue of critter but mm-hmm. i think this is a quote-unquote like remastered i think it is version yes. of the first issue of critter mm-hmm. um, yeah this is aspen comics putting this out as right. they're reprinting big dog ink i believe is right, what it is. Yeah. right and that's right. and that's what it is 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 kind of this like um fancier version of their number ones yeah um so you know not having read it the first time around this is new to me um, although I'd seen the character and read a little bit here and there, um, this is like the very first issue of Critter plus a bonus story and some kind of like commentary, right? Uh, in the back, which seemed fine, but definitely the bonus story, um, doesn't make a lot of sense if this is your first <laughs> introduction to mm-hmm. the characters, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's a lot of, uh, you should have known this in that story. Right. No, there really is. And since I didn't, I was like, oh, I'm sure if I keep reading this comic, this will make sense later. Yeah. Um. So I guess a review of the first issue of Critter from hey, like three yay. years ago. Okay. Uh, How was it? The story of this young lady who is picking or following on her mother's footsteps and becoming a superhero and kind of the story of how she gets started and her first time out and she gets injured. Um, and then we are introduced to a mysterious time. Well, actually not that mysterious. He kind of like lays it all out on the table. <laughs> a, uh, a time traveler who is like, I know everything that is going to happen, Ooh. but I can't tell you any of it. Cause I would change the future. <laughs> it's like, yeah. why did you even tell me that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, it's interesting. I like the art. I like the character design. Um, there is kind of something about it. It's like, it is a superhero book that exists in a superhero universe where all of the normal assumptions about superheroes are already in place, mm, right? Okay. There's a big super team. Right. Uh, there's a, you can, like, basically... Um, close one eye and start pointing at things and you're like that's their flash analog that's their Mm -hmm. captain america analog that's their this guy analog kind Mm -hmm. of stuff yeah um and i'm not necessarily crazy about that Mm. there's not a lot of discussion of the other superheroes the you do meet one super fast guy Mm -hmm. But maybe the other guys have other stuff going on. Maybe there is something about this character that sets him apart from the Flash. Maybe Critter is going to be looking at, like, the the book rather than the the character itself. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Is going to be analyzing those superheroes and their roles and and where they fit into things. But at first blush, it is hard to tell how this is anything but somebody's cool superhero in in their version of... Uh, big two style comics, right? Mm-hmm. 
it is it is hard to see from this first issue how that's any different and makes it difficult to to really want to move forward if you are a big jerk like me and need something else from your superheroes um so i mean there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing wrong with this issue um i guess i'm not crazy about the time travel guy introducing all of these complications and then saying but you can't i can't tell you about any of them Mm -hmm. Um, that is frustrating yeah, like it really, it really felt, in a very unfortunate way, it felt like the author telling me, this character is going to be important. Here's mm-hmm. why you should care about this character, rather than showing me why I should right, care about this right. character. But again, it's like we're looking at pretty kind of standard superhero conceits. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I haven't read a lot of Critters, so... People that have and are listening to this review are probably going like, "This stuff is important later. You should keep it. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting the right read of it, which is reasonable. I get that. Um, so uh, for me, this is going to be a two and a half slice affair. Um, yeah. It's interesting. It's cool, but it does kind of come across as superheroes as usual, which is. Okay. There's there's a lot of that going around. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the, the main twist different. on it is that it's kind of a female character in your Spider-Man role. Right, right. And but but again, it's like that's that's what it feels like. It's like it's this very Spider-Man-like mm-hmm. character. And yeah, it's a girl, and that's nice. Um, and there's like a familial kind of generational legacy thing going on, and that's interesting. But again, it is just kind of all these pieces that we've seen. Without say like the at the same time harsh and loving analysis of Astro City mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or the like strictly um, kind of uh, let's watch these characters get crushed into a fine powder like Invincible right right or right. anything like that right yeah. so it's it's there's I'm I'm waiting for the special hat. Mm. that right. goes on the, this thing which apparently is a pair of cat ears yeah um <laughs> but so i'm you know i'm not gonna necessarily drop it i'm interested to see where it goes and honestly i can probably go back and find it because i'm sure there've been like yeah there've been a couple of other yeah there've been plenty issues, of issues yeah. of critter so mm-hmm. far but yeah you know, i mean there's nothing wrong with it if you want to see um i guess uh, if nothing else this is a book about a cute girl with superhero proportions uh mm-hmm. wearing cat ears and a tail mm-hmm. so you got that going for you there you go prehensile tail no less yeah. cool all right well thank you rodrigo for that uh out this week on uh blu-ray dvd it was available on itunes for the last couple of weeks justice league gods and monsters the brand new animated movie uh from warner brothers uh home entertainment this is a little bit different we have we have run the kind of prequel clips up on the major spoilers right. website. This is an alternate universe story that feat uh, in a world where in a universe where uh Zod is Superman's father instead of Jor-El. Um Kurt Langstrom is Batman uh and he's an, a vampire. Mm. And then we have uh Wonder Woman who is Becca, the daughter of um Ares. No, no, she's not. This is wrong here on this uh thing. Uh Wonder Woman is from uh New Genesis. New oh. Genesis. And uh, she's supposed to get married to um, Orion, and then the new gods turn on and kill everybody. That's a spoiler. They kill everybody on Apocalypse. They 
kill Darkseid and everything. And it's wow. just like, it's this really weird kind of twist onto it. Um, this is a PG-13 movie. So it is bloody, which, I mean, I'm okay with the. So here's my thing on this. I'm okay with cartoons being bloody and violence and bad language and um, certain words being thrown around. But when it comes out of a superhero cartoon like Superman and Batman, sometimes it makes you it, it makes you step back a little bit. But then again, this is not aimed at my son and my son, unfortunately, cannot watch this movie uh, with some of the violence and language that's used. Mm-hmm. The movie is good because it asks you to say, what would happen if Zod was really Zod and Laurel Laurel were the uh, uh, parents of Superman and Superman came to this planet and he's been hunted ever since. And he was raised by uh, an immigrant family from Mexico. And now he's this all powerful God being. How would he look at the world? And he may not be the clean cut boy scout that people assume him to be. Sure. It's not to say he's going to take over the planet like, like Zod would, but he has, he is okay with killing the bad guys. Just like Kurt Langstrom is okay with killing the bad guys. And Becca has no problem killing bad guys. Um, it's just a different universe that takes some getting used to. Uh, Amanda Waller is the president mm-hmm. in this universe. Um, it's, it's, interesting from that aspect of it and it is an alternate universe story so i liked it but i was somewhat disturbed by it at the same time well i think honestly because i saw i saw i've seen one of the shorts Did you watch the, the superman the, one was no Zod? i saw the wonder woman oh one, okay yeah and she goes around and just stabs mm-hmm. the crap out of people yep yep and, and then she and steve trevor get it on yeah the really what i think what triggers that that reaction is not necessarily that these are the characters we're familiar with because they're not no they're, they're not people. they're totally different and what, that's the thing that i triggers like triggers that is the style yeah because it's bruce, bruce Tim's Tim. style mm-hmm. and <laughs> you and i and a lot of our listeners have watched a lot of bruce tim's right um justice league mm-hmm. batman beyond batman the animated series mm-hmm. stuff and that has a particular feel to it right. and it's not this right and this is written and produced by bruce tim too right. so that's the other thing sure. that's a little weird it's from that aspect it's really cool here's what i don't like about it it is not the superman we know it is not bruce wayne does not appear anywhere in this movie uh you know princess diana does not appear in this movie so that's really really cool um but it brings up some themes and there's some uh, i don't know if i want to give away this one spoiler because it's really cool at the end what happens with luth uh with lex luther Luthor. Um, it's just this weird twist that you're like, Oh my God, they did that. And it was, it's very neat. Uh, so there are some very interesting twists on this. It is kind of a, if you know your DC characters, you can kind of know who the bad guy is pretty early on. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I like how they reveal the backstories and the characters and they really give this universe life. Uh, obviously there's the prequel stuff that the machinima and, uh, Warner brothers had released previously. There's three shorts there. Those are included in the bonus footage. Um, then also starting in October, DC comics has DC comics, gods and monsters tales set in that universe. And there's an interesting bonus video on, on this that talks about the multiverse and they're talking about how, uh, you know what the multiverse is and why it's important in, in our storytelling and everything. And throughout the, all the discussion, not once as they're promoting all their other DC animated movies, not once do they mention crisis on two worlds. Which is an alternate 
reality alternate dimension story. Yeah, and and I would say by far out of all the ones I've seen, the best yeah, standalone really Although, DC animation from movie. from Final Frontier or um sorry, New Frontier status. That one's really good too as an adaptation, but it's still missing it a is, lot of it, subtext yeah, and stuff. It, I I think that one suffers from the fact that New Frontier is like the size of a Buick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the actual right. book, yeah, right? Yeah. And then trying to condense that mm-hmm. it really suffered. Yep. But Crisis on Two Earths takes a lot of the Earth 2 stuff. Mm-hmm. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of the Earth 1 stuff. Right. And like cleans it up and then basically makes this like fantastic throne mm-hmm. for James Woods to sit in. What's and re- then the whole movie just becomes that. There is an interesting moment as I was watching Gods and Monsters that there's a piece of machinery that looks exactly like the um, time platform dimension hole ripper that is in the Two Worlds movie. Oh, no. <gasps> which I thought was really weird. Um, it is, It is. but um, actually when I saw that short, like they, in the short, they have this like strange machine. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what, that's it, out. that's it. That's the one. That's in, it's the Giganta yeah, comes yeah. out of there. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, I saw it and I'm like, oh, this reminds me of like the dark card. And I'm like, oh, of course it does. Because it's drawn by the same guy. Yeah, like, it's yeah, yeah, designed yeah. by the same people. Yeah, 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 So it's like, sometimes it's like, oh, are these connected? But also sometimes it's like, oh, no, this is just how this guy draws robots. It's it's worth checking out. Um, Justice League Gods and Monsters is definitely worth checking out. Only because I think Warner Brothers Home Entertainment is putting out four of these movies each year. Two of them are Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just because they're continuing on their stories. The, the next Batman movie is... Um, Hunt for Damien or something. I forget what it is. I, I, I watched it and I was like, oh, interesting. Uh, Damien and the Jets. Somebody, you know, a, a certain actor is uh, Ernie Hudson is going to play a character in this upcoming Batman movie. And I thought that was kind of cool because it hadn't really been announced yet. This is kind of the first place that you see it, but it's a Batman movie. <laughs> and then we know that uh, next year, as part of their probably fourth movie in the cycle, they're also doing an adaptation of a killing joke into an animated film. <laughs> but I'm still wondering what is going to be the next justice league other non-batman animated movie that they're going to be doing in the next year that's what i'm looking forward to do you believe that the men and women in arkham asylum are dangerous look if there's a steady paycheck in it i'll believe anything yeah yeah i mean they did i you know the last time i reviewed one of the animated movies it was the suicide squad movie Mm -hmm. and i really liked it a lot but it's also very uh sexual in nature Mm -hmm. and a lot of swearing and and, uh blood and guts but it's still really good I'm giving Justice League Gods and Monsters four slices of meatloaf. Definitely worth checking out, but uh, don't go in expecting to see Bruce Wayne, which I'm glad he wasn't in there, to be honest. So, yeah, there me you go. too. Yeah, and a story like that, you don't want to. Yep. I saw Public Enemies on cable the other day. Batman, Superman, Public Enemies. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, mm-hmm. That, that, that one, one is, was not very that good. That one is so weird yeah. because the McGinnis style mm-hmm. um, yeah. things animated just look so yeah, weird. Really stupid. So weird. And. I, I liked it. I actually liked it better than the cartoon version of All-Star Superman because of how mm. much they had to strip out of All-Star Superman. Sure. Mason but really was, liked All-Star uh, Superman a lot. And even with the sweary bits at the end, which he mm. was, what, four, I think, when we let him watch that. He's okay with that. He still likes that one. So uh, One of the, the pay cable channels is just airing the heck out of these DC things every mm-hmm. once in a while. And I can't remember which one it is, but in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, I'll be able to watch Justice League Crisis on Two Worlds. Yeah, it's good. There's a lot of good stuff out there. There's also some not so good stuff in that in that mix. So uh, I think we've reviewed everything that they've put out 
somewhere on the Major Spoilers website or in the Major Spoilers podcast. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, you can find many more reviews over at Major Spoilers, and we encourage you to check that out. Uh, in just a little bit, we're going to be giving our own kind of uh, San Diego Comic-Con panel on the uh, Flash news announcements, kind of as a preview of our upcoming second season of Flashback podcast that you can only find at our VIP site for our VIP users at uh, members.majorspoilers.com. Rodrigo, why should people sign up to become a Major Spoilers VIP? Well, lots of reasons. The very first reason you should is because uh, you like to listen to these shows, and if you subscribe then we will get some money from you and we will be able to continue these shows and continue creating new content not just more content on these shows but also new shows now um, we have some goals set up for that yeah. now uh matthew i'm curious because rodrigo says we get some money from you there's a lot of money that people that we're asking for each year or each month oh, even not at all in fact if you, if you wanted to start out as a bronze level membership that's two dollars per month wait that's wait a minute that's 20 month. that's 24 dollars a year that doesn't sound exactly. right. Exactly. I spend more than $24 a year on shoes. Now, granted, I only have one pair of shoes at a time. But if you break it down, $2, $5, or $10 a month, you know, even the bronze level members, we love every last one yes, of we you do. because it helps keep those lights on. And the most important part is, you know, you give a little bit of, of something back and we can make more cool stuff that you like. Mm-hmm. Like our flashback podcast, or yeah. if you want to find uh, character sheets from the characters from Critical Hit, they're over there for yep. our VIPs. You want uh, uh, each month coming up this weekend, we've got our gold VIP chat for our gold members. That's all, all of our gold members log in. You have a chance to call in and talk with uh, the participants that month. This week, I think this month, I think it's Rob, Rodrigo, and myself. And mm-hmm. I don't know if Matthew, if you're going to pop in or if you got to work or, or whatnot, but you can call Saturday, in and ask I us anything. So uh, you can check that out over at members.majorspoilers.com. And we thank each and every one of you for your support. Let us quickly get through our major spoilers poll of the week. Is it live or is it Memorax, Rodrigo? Which do you prefer when it comes to your favorite band? Would you prefer listening to them on vinyl? Well, not vinyl, but in a recorded format of your choice. Or would you rather see them live? Uh, that is a difficult one, but I'll probably go with a recording um, because there's bands that are great live. You mm-hmm. know, being there when a band is playing is a great experience and it's amazing and, you know, everything's coming together and it's awesome. But um, listening to a recording that has been mastered, that's been um, basically that someone who presumably, or hopefully, you know, someone who knows what they're doing has <laughs> sat down and figured out, you know, what should be louder when and what should be quieter when and, mm-hmm. you know, all this other stuff, you know, that that's actually what makes the song right. a, a lot of the time. Right. So for me, I would, I guess if um, I would much rather in general listen to a nice uh, recording than necessarily listen to a live band. Yeah. But, you know, obviously going to a concert is its own experience, right? Yeah, it is. And I went with recording, too. I mean, I love Bare Naked Ladies. I think they're fantastic and great, and all of their songs are great, and I've got them all memorized. Oh, you but meant then, the band. But then when you see the Bare Naked Ladies in concert, it's, hey, this is really cool, but they have a tendency to make the the concert more fun yeah they mix things up and put different yeah. things in there and suddenly it's like i don't know this song or it doesn't as you said it's not mixed as good as it could be sure so i i prefer a recording because at least i can sing to that recording and if it's 
changed up or not at the right beat or something happens oh, yeah. in the live performance, yeah, I'm like kind of lost. And Bare Naked Ladies are good. notorious for that. Yeah. They, Which makes they their, like make songs together. They're yeah. kind of the exception to the rule, sure, kind of. But sure. I mean, um, I would much prefer to listen to Rolling Stones uh, recorded sure. than to see them in concert. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Because yeah, then you'd have to see them. Yeah, that's right. Matthew, what about you? I don't want to listen to the Rolling Stones at all. I'm I'm not a fan of most of their music. Oh, you mean the the poll? Well, here here upon as with everything, there is a tale, and I want I want to explain this to you. There's also a tale in Rodrigo's face right now. You guys know so. this, but I am a three time, three time, three time karaoke champion. And what I discovered early in my karaoke career was I had to sing a song that I already loved, and I sang it exactly the way that it was on the album because that's the way I learned how to sing it. And I think that it's important, you know, when you have those moments, you're listening to those songs. To me, the recording is more immediate for some reason because it's immutable. It never changes. Plus, if you go to a concert, you know, you go and you have to deal with people. Yeah. And Crowds, you have those wonderful noise. moments. Like there's a concert performance by Elvis where he changes the lyrics to Are You Lonesome Tonight and cracks himself up. It's wonderful. It's a great moment. Or the point there's a I used to have a live album of. uh Journey, I think it was. No. Yeah. And anyway, guy went for the high note. It was sticks. Went for the high note in Sweet Madam Blue and his voice cracked and he lost it. And the people are cheering and yelling and he's like, ah, ah. It's a wonderful moment. But it's not nearly as much fun as hearing him hit that note and hold it perfectly in the studio the time that he did it when they recorded it. Yeah. Yeah. I went recording. Cool. And how has everybody voted so far? 84% Mm -hmm. of our people are voting also for the recording 64 uh, votes in the bag right now so 10 votes either way could really actually no it wouldn't (laughs) 57 votes either way could really really square this thing up live performance you know it's it's got a showing 16 percent. that's not bad that's 1.6 out of 10 people listeners head over to majorspoilers.com cast your vote in the major spoilers poll of the week and uh, if you're looking for some uh, great great sound quality uh, check out Tweaked Audio and their headphones at tweakedaudio.com. They're sponsoring this episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast. So many different styles. I've got a pair right here of the Tweaked Audio. Now, these are the ones that actually go down into your ear. They're not just the earbuds. they got the foamy, uh, the uh, rubbery pieces on there. These yeah. are the Parkour 2 earbuds. I've got a pair of these sitting here. Um, all their uh, earbuds, earphones, whatever you want to call them, sound great. They look great. Uh, They get great design. I love the fact that I never tangle my cables up with these tweaked audio headphones. Best of all, actually, there's two good things about this this read this week. Uh, If you head over to tweakedaudio.com and you use the checkout code MAJOR on checkout, you will save 33% off your price. 33% off the price. That's like nearly half. Well, it's 33%, that's for sure. (laughs) Here's the better thing. I'm going to give away this pair of uh, Parkour 2 earbuds right now give them to me i'm not gonna give them to you you've already got a pair you've got the pair with the microphone integrated in fact this pair has the microphone integrated into it so when you're driving down the highway or riding your bike or whatever that you're doing someone calls you you can just talk riding down the highway here's what you need to do you need to get to the twitter you need to use the hashtag uh tweaked audio i'm sorry the hat the you need to, your message needs to be tweaked audio hashtag major spoilers podcast 663 that major spoilers podcast six three three as all one word. Yes, major spoilers podcast six three three. That's the hashtag. But you also need to include tweaked audio in there as well. And then uh, sometime next week, 
after everybody's had a chance to listen to this show, I will go through and I'll randomly pick someone that is using tweaked audio hashtag major spoilers podcast six three three, and I will contact you and give you a pair of the Parkour Two earbuds because they're so great and we want more of you to have them. And if you don't win, well, all the more reason to head over to tweakedaudio.com, use the checkout code MAJOR, save 33%. Thank you, Tweaked Audio, for your your support of the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. Okay, uh, one more thing that we're doing before Matthew and I start talking about The Flash, because I know you guys all love The Flash. The the last couple of weeks, we've been running kind of listener um, suggestions, Mm -hmm. where our listeners are calling in, sending us recordings, and letting us know about the books that they're looking forward to in the next week. And uh, this week we got Jimmy. Jimmy's uh, called in, or he's actually sent me a file, uh, but he's got his list of books that he's looking forward to this week. So let's take a listen to this. And then on the flip side, Matthew and I will be talking about Flashback Season 2. Thanks, Stephen. This is Jimmy Dunn. And between the return of Gravity Falls, a new Stephen bomb, and all the great comics coming out, this looks to be a fantastic week for geeks. First off is Invincible 121 from Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley. If you haven't been following Invincible lately, now's actually a really good jumping on point. Like, we haven't heard that one before, right? But it is. Issue 118, which is available for free on Comixology, provides a surprisingly succinct recap of the previous 117 issues, and it marks the start of a new life for Mark Grayson and Adam Eve. They've gone off-world to raise their daughter Tara, taking refuge under the governance of Alan the Alien. This led to Mark being reunited with his kid brother Oliver, who is functionally the same age as Mark now, what with complicated Viltrumite physiology being what it is. I won't go into too many more details of what's ensued since, as I know most Invincible readers are trade waiters, but Kirkman may have finally found the right balance between grounded, Mark-focused stories and serving the Invincible universe that he's built up. Next, I'm quite interested in Black Canary No. 2 by Brendan Fletcher and Annie Wu. I didn't really love the framing device in the first issue for the narrative, but the impossibly kinetic pencils and inks from Annie Wu, combined with the beautifully stylized colors from Lee Laufridge, made issue number 2 an automatic buy for me. And... I didn't have any objections to Brendan Fletcher's dialogue. It was just that framing device. So now that the plot and MacGuffin are in place, hopefully I'll enjoy the writing a bit more. Last is Secret Six Number 4 from Gail Simone, Tom Derenick, and Ken Lashley. I actually fell off of this book. I guess a six-month gap between issues three and four might contribute to readers doing that. But now we've seen two issues in two months, so I guess it's time to jump back in. I do love Gail Simone, whose husband Scott deserves a shout-out of his own, one of the most charming and hilarious people I've met at a comic convention. And I've been hearing rumblings on Twitter that one or more of my favorite characters from the JLI are showing up in this book now. Not having read issue 3 yet, I have no idea how spoilery that could get, but come Wednesday I'll be catching up on Secret 6 issues 3 and 4. That's all for me. Thanks again to the Major Spoilers crew for all the great work you do. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can catch me at JimmyTheDunn. That's Dunn spelled D-U-N-N. I want to thank Jimmy for sending that in this week. And listeners, if you want to uh, send in your comic book recommendations, then what I want you to do first, just so I can set you up and say, hey, yes, we'd love for you to do this. Uh, just drop me an email, podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Let me know that you're interested. Of course, it's helpful if you let me know ahead, ahead of time that you're interested, so I'm not scrambling to, to uh, find somebody on uh, Tuesday morning. Right. But uh, you do need to be able to record your voice, either on your own computer and mail it to me, or calling the Major Spoilers hotline. But uh, let me know, and then I will let you know, and then we will get you on this show. So, uh, one of the things that Matthew and I do over at the member site, that's members.majorspoilers.com, that's our VIP site, 
we have been doing for, I don't know, the last half of the Flash season, we've been doing a podcast called Flashback. And that's where Matthew and I get really geeky about all things going on <laughs> on the CW is the Flash. Or as and, we uh, like to call it, being conscious. Yes. <laughs> so uh, San Diego Comic-Con, um, they had a great little 20-minute panel. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought we'd talk about that as kind of a teaser as what we can expect in the next season of the flash and what you can expect in the next season of flashback. And, um, so we know that the, the show's coming back. Mm -hmm. That's good. It's always I good. Think, weren't they renewed for more than one? Oh season yeah. They've been reviewed. They've been else? reviewed for a couple of seasons already. Okay. Yeah. So that's already going. First thing that they kicked off that portion of the, uh, of the WB TV panel was they showed a highlight reel. Uh, for the flash <gasps> and it looked really cool. There was one thing that was rather interesting though. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, they showed a bunch of stuff of what had happened over the past year. That's exactly what everything was. Just, just little cuts of, of things that had happened over the year and, uh, get you caught up. But there was something different about the Flash's streak. Ooh. It was all blue and white or bluish white. What? And that could just be because. That's crazy talk. Because, you know, time has shifted and you're looking in the past. You got the blue shift going on, all that stuff. No. Actually, the blue shift would be looking forward into the future. Right. Red, Red shift, shift is, is in the past. But here's the thing. Mm. This trailer ended with the words, Zoom is coming. <gasps> no. Yes. No. Yes. Zoom, a.k.a. Hunter Solomon is coming in the next season of The Flash. He's going to be the big bad for the next season of The Flash. Uh, Zoom originally appeared in Flash number 197 in 2003. Mm -hmm. Created by Matthew, you want to guess who? Uh, Jeff Johns. Ah, yes, Jeff Johns, who was on the panel, had a lot to say. In fact, I think he was on like every WB, CW, CBS, DC property television show panel that they had at, at Comic-Con. And they, they couldn't, they, nobody, <laughs> listen, you and I can talk off air. But, um, <laughs> some of the people hosting these panels, yeah, I think they just are like, Hey, if you've never seen the flash, okay, get up there and let's ho have you host a panel. <laughs> hey, Mr. Jeff Jones. Hey, Mr. Jones. My name is Eddie. Ugh. You know what? Here's the thing. You, you gotta give the interns their chance. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, look what happened to Zach. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, where's started he out as there you go. Hey, Mr. Schleicher, <laughs> I want to wash your car. So let's, let's like, talk about, let's talk about Zoom. That. Let's talk okay. about Zoom here. Hunter Zolomon. Okay. What is the deal with him? Because he's, this is not the reverse flash. No, Hunter Zolomon is actually a different iteration of that reverse flash mm -hmm. sort of uh, archetype. Mm -hmm. The original reverse flash, Professor Zoom, we've actually seen in season one. Yes. Uh -huh. Vaughn comes back from the past Initially in comics, because he loved Barry Allen so much that he wanted to emulate him. Yes. But Hunter Zolomon is actually a, uh, at the point in time that he came around, Wally West was working as a mechanic mm. at uh, Central City PD or Keystone City PD. Right, right. Hunter Zolomon was a, uh, what do you call those? Profiler. A profiler, thank mm -hmm. you, like on Criminal Minds, yep. who was actually injured in the line of duty and put in a wheelchair mm -hmm. and somehow ended up with a... Uh, linked to the speed force and then started getting really weird and creepy and psychotic and deciding that he was going to make Barry Allen or in this case, Jay Derrick. No, no. Wally West. Wally West. Yes. The other guy. The Barry he doesn't Allen. exist. Right. Yet. We'll get to that in a moment. Shh. Zolomon basically wanted to help him become a quote unquote 
better hero mm-hmm. by giving him a dark mirror evil archetype to defeat and thwart. And give him some kind of tragedy in his life. Right. right. He, he'd never had a, a big massive loss, which is the reason why some of us like Wally West. Well, and this is the this is the <laughs> this is the really bad thing, because, um, you know, in the comics, the big thing that that Zoom thinks that he needs to do is kill Iris and his pregnant wife. Linda right. Park. Or, uh, uh, yeah, not Iris. In the TV show, it's Iris. In the right. uh, comic book, it's Linda Park. Iris is Wally's aunt in the comics. Yes, a little bit weirder there. Um, so I don't know how that's going to work. Well, obviously it will have to be changed. But with the changes that they've made, I think they've set up <coughs> Excuse me, a couple of things that could work. Right. Remember your theory about multiple Zooms? Yep. And multiple uh, Harrison, Harrison yep. Wells? Mm-hmm. Doesn't this seem like a perfect way to have a different villain but keep Professor Ed? Yeah, now he is going to stick around uh, in the next season, and mm-hmm. apparently he will still be Harrison Wells. So I don't okay. know because, you know, it, here's this here's this weird paradox. Because, because Zoom or uh, the reverse Flash is never born because Eddie shot himself and killed himself. Right. He cannot go back in time and kill the real Harrison Wells, which means that real Harrison Wells would move forward in time, still eventually create the particle accelerator 15 right. years later, uh, thus creating the Flash. Right. So, uh, get, you know, Harrison Wells would be Harrison Wells. Now, I don't know if Harrison Wells would end up being Zoom. In uh, fact, I think they have an actor already set up for Zoom. Oh, you know who I think it is? Who? Eddie. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> The thing about Zoom, though, that is both good and bad, Mm -hmm. the good thing about Zoom is by plugging him in as your season's overarching big bad or even using him as as a a tease at a big bad, Mm -hmm. you've got something familiar, kind of like when all of a sudden Ra's al Ghul was trying to kill Green Arrow. Right. On the downside, you've got something really familiar in that, generally speaking, uh, visualizations of Zoom are literally identical yeah, with the exception the of the black eyes mm-hmm. to Reverse Flash, who we saw last season. Right. So it may be difficult. They'll probably have to do some of their, you know, their patented Rassum Frassum. But their Rassum Frassum has worked. Oh, yeah, yeah. The stuff with uh, inserting Joe West and making mm-hmm. Iris into uh, Candy Somebody likeable. Frassum. Yeah. Candace, uh, who, by the way... Uh, Love her now. I, I was following. I was. Following it's only like in the Twitter. last like three episodes of the right. uh, of the season where Matthew finally turned around and said, "You know, she's not half bad." Well, I like. I, Iris, I don't hate I her love anymore. The actress, I love the oh, actress. Yeah, I started Patton. following her on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, oh yeah, she's adorable, and yeah. I can definitely see. But when it comes to Hunter Zolomon Zoom, if they play him the way they played him in the comic books, it's going to be interesting because with Eddie. And mm-hmm. Yobird, it was entirely personal. It was all about Barry. Right. If Hunter Zolomon is played the same way, it will once again be all about Barry. Mm-hmm. And I think as a more traditional superhero who goes out and, you know, fights the rogues, I'm worried that by putting Zoom in, there's somehow going to be, it's going to feel like we're reliving or having a recursion of season one. So I have faith in these guys. They've written <laughs> some good stuff, but I'm worried yes. that it could 
feel like same old, same old. There is a lot that they have to get through this year. Now, on the panel, um, the creators did talk about Gorilla Grodd will return. There will be a Golden Glider uh, episode that will return. Uh, she will return in here. And uh, they have a few other villains that they weren't ready to reveal yet. I'm still I'm still banking on Abracadabra. Or you the turtle. Bank on Abracad. No, they will not do the turtle. <laughs> they did, That's however. That's the only other person in the universe who <laughs> wants to see the turtle. <laughs> they will not do the turtle. Oh, boo. Uh, well, no, here's what they do. There's they here's how you put the turtle into the episode, right? <laughs> okay. Ready? Here's it, yes. it's a it's a whole series long thing where you know Barry's running around and every once in a while there's just this guy that just is always standing around. It doesn't look like he's doing anything, but he's just like standing there. And I could imagine that most people would be like, oh, there's some crazy comatose guy just standing there because that's all we see of him. But as the series progresses, well, but see, you don't know that he's moving slow. I mean, you don't know that he's moving slow, right? Right. Except you just see him in these different places and doing different things throughout the entire season or up to the midpoint or however long you want to play the gag gag out. Right. And then... When you're ready to introduce the turtle as the bad guy and this elaborate trap that he's set up for Barry Allen, <laughs> you play all of those scenes from earlier in the season back at high speed uh-huh. to where now it looks like the turtle's moving normal. Everyone else is just zipping around and you see him doing this elaborate setup for this big scheme that then eventually trips up Barry. And because this guy has moved so slow, he does get caught, but it would just be this really kind of weird Weird, like an April Fool's episode to do uh, with the turtle. That's just my pitch for the turtle in the show. I don't know if it would work or not. Remember, don't actually pitch a turtle (laughs) because animal abuse is not funny. Yeah. Now, there are a couple of cool things that are coming up uh, next season. Um, Mm -hmm. Apparently, season Uh two is going to start a few months after the events of the season season finale. Which is good because Which, they left us kind of end media res there. Well, we don't know. How does he close the wormhole? How, what comes after that? We do know that this if will kick off forward in time. Well, he could jump forward in time. I mean, but they, they did specifically say in the panel. And of course, you know, you can't believe everything that you see at these uh, Comic-Con panels because they are misleading and they are giving the PR that they want to give. But they did say that it takes place a couple of months later and Barry's trying to cope with um, his place in Central City. He really wasn't the, the hero of last season. Uh, it was Eddie. And there are a whole bunch of other heroes and villains popping up from Earth 2. One of them we've already seen, or at least given a hint of, in Season 1, Episode 23. Huh, let's see. Flash number 123. What would that be? Oh, the Flash of Two Worlds that I've been harping on and hyping on for the last uh, year and a half. Yes, we will finally get to see Jay Garrick come to the uh, DC Universe, to the Flash world. And it will be the first time that we've seen Jay Garrick as a live action character uh, anywhere on television. Ever in the world? I think every, anywhere in the world. I can't think of any place where we I don't think we've. I don't think we've ever I've, seen him before. There have been a couple of cartoons. Oh, yeah. He, think- now, he's been in cartoons quite a bit. Yeah, but he has not had a live action appearance, and they was have he cast... in Smallville, or did he not make it? No, huh? The Justice think... Society was. But no, he... so what happened was in Smallville, um, there was the Impulse character. Uh, right. One of his fake IDs was Jay Garrick. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's... I know that Hawkman and Doctor Fate made it into. Yeah, the no, there. Uh, no, I don't think there was. No, the, in fact, I mean, the WB people were even saying, "Hey, this is the first time this is." That's cool. Uh, the fact that we get to bring the Crimson Comet to life. 
That's cool. Now, is it going to be modern Jay Garrick? Okay, so here's the, the thing. Well, I mean, I'm going to guess it's the helmet, but uh, Chantel Van Santen. Gesundheit. Yes. Uh, that will be playing another character, Patty Spivet. Let's go back here to um, to uh, Jay Garrick. Okay. Um, I'm trying to find Jay the kid's the, the guy's name. He's really Teddy young. Sears. Yeah, Teddy Sears. Okay. He's like 37 or something. Yeah, he, yeah, a young kid. He's only a few years younger than we are. Um, 37 but, is 10 years younger than we are, give or take. Yeah, give or take quite a bit. Um, <laughs> so Jay Garrick is not the wise old man that we know from the original Flash run of the car- uh, comics where he's right. got gray hair and he's running around in the hubcap and everything. Now, we did see the hubcap helmet right. and that was on display at the uh, at the Warner Brothers booth. <gasps> did you steal it? Uh, I do have a Jay Garrick helmet. You should bring it all wear it in our tech. No, that's okay. Um, Man. So what do you think though, of this very much younger Jay Garrick in the, in the uh, universe? I'm really fine with it. And part of it is the fact that they just revamped Jay Garrick in 2011 mm-hmm. as yeah, a younger in, in character in earth two. Earth two. Yeah. But I think that given that we're dealing with a 26 year old Barry, mm-hmm. Having Jay be right around 35 as a, an older character, I think it works. Because if you had brought him in implying that there's a universe with 70 years of backstory in it, I think that's too much comic to bring with it. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, if you look at the way they've been integrating things like the Bronze Tiger and the Suicide Squad, right. they've been integrating the Rogues and Caitlin and Cisco mm-hmm. into this altered kind of the Flareoverse, if you want to call it that. I don't. I, just I don't call it the Flareoverse, but I do call it the Arrowverse. Flash <laughs> Arrowverse, the Flareoverse. Oh, my. But when you bring in something like this, you want to make sure that you're being respectful to what's come before. Right. But as we've seen with characters like Girder and, you know, the Weather Wizard and Weather Rainbow Wizard. Raider, Weather Wizard, they have taken liberties that work in this universe. So uh-huh. I think that having Jay Garrick be an older figure is important. But I think having him be too old could alienate the CW demographic. I mean. Well, but I mean, you got John West and you've got uh, or Joe West and you've got uh, Mr. Uh, Joe West is, is clearly dad. Well, but then you got his other dad, too. Right. The original Flash. Barry Allen and my three dads. All yes. of those characters are dad characters. Uh-huh. I think that having Jay Garrick come in, it would be great to have an octogenarian Jay Garrick. But I think that having Jay Garrick come in as an older figure mm-hmm. allows him to be wiser without necessarily being yet another well, dad. Well, you know, ten, 10 years is a lot. I mean, there's a lot of perspective to be gained from being 10 years a hero or ten just 10 years, years a person. Right. And so uh, I'm really kind of looking forward to this. I hope that they, I hope they don't go with the Earth Two costume because I'm not a real big fan of that one. The one that's the current the one Earth with, Two with the the bicycle helmet, the the streamlined one, the biker helmet, and yeah, the lightning bolt that looks like an F from the side. I love I, that I costume. Like that. No, now I, want, I I think that they do need to go traditional on Jay Garrick, I and think I think they will because we did get that helmet in that last yeah, season. I think it needs to be red shirt, red boots. You know, you can even get away with having him do the the superhero chic thing where he's not even wearing a costume. Mm-hmm. He's just running in a red shirt and jeans and he yeah, happens and pirate, to have a hat. Pirate shoes. Yeah. yeah. So okay. um, boots are the coolest thing ever. Chantel Van Santen yes. has been cast to play Patty Spivet, who is a newer character 
in the Flash universe. Do you know anything about her? Patty Spivett is Barry Allen's partner from Mm -hmm. the post-Flashpoint stories. Right. I want to say that Patty had a pre-crisis thingamathingama, but basically she is Barry's partner when Barry does cop stuff in the new Flash series. Are they also romantically linked in the uh, new series? Yes, sort of. Because like everyone in the DC universe, after the change, he's a young player. Yeah, he is. She has a, I think she yeah, has Grant a crush Gustin's on a player. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I think player. Patty has a crush on Barry. Ah, okay. But I do believe that Patty Spivet actually existed pre-crisis, because I remember her when I was reading Flash as a kid, mm-hmm. being one of the minor characters. There was Patty, and then there was the guy running the uh, Flash Museum, Dexter. Yeah. Yeah. And there were a bunch of guys who just bounced in and out. And then, of course, Barry went through his trial and mm-hmm. died in the in the crisis. So, yeah. Uh, in, in the TV show, Patty is obsessed with metahumans and partners with Joe West in this season, who has no idea that uh, he knows who the Flash is. That'll be interesting. They also said, and I'm and it's probably because the actor has not been cast yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, they did say during the panel that Wally West would also appear uh, oh. this next season. Now, we kind of knew about this because I think we talked about it on a previous flashback episode or it was mentioned on. Oh, it was mentioned during the uh, the CW upfronts that yeah. they had that they were going to bring a, a Wally West in. Um, but he's probably not going to be the Wally West that we've seen um, that we all know and love. It's probably going to be the newer version of right. Wally West uh, from which Earth was he in? We know uh, we saw Wally him. West was a post-Flashpoint uh, Earth Zero character. Okay. So. Okay. So there we go. That is where we will in the, see him. In the new 52 in Flash right. Annual somewhere. Right. African-American uh, uh, Wally West is w- what they're expecting for next season. Now, they didn't say that on the panel, but that's kind of what was hinted at at the CW upfronts for that, oh. which would be fine. I want to say that in the comics, mm-hmm. the new 52. There, there is in the new 52 – the Wally, Wally West is, is actually yes. Barry's half-brother. Oh, interesting. But I may be wrong about that. Hmm. That's different. Yeah. Well, we will have to see Barry, how that Barry's plays out. Barry's father had an affair with an African-American woman, oh, I think. Okay. But I may be wrong. It's been a while. That's why they got divorced? <laughs> Could be. I don't and know. And why, why, uh, why mom had to die? <laughs> oh, we did uh, also, if you were at San Diego Comic-Con, they did have the new Flash costume on display, the one that has the white uh, Flash logo on it. So you did white get to bolt. see that. So that is that is really cool. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think there was something else that was mentioned about the Flash that I'm trying to think about. Maybe that may, may, that may be Str- it. The Straczynski announcement? No, that's not related to the show. Well, that's not related to the show, but there is going to be an Earth One graphic novel written by J. Michael Straczynski uh, featuring the Flash. So that was kind of cool. Um, um was there was there... stuff about the cartoon. Yes. Oh, 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 yes, yes. Okay. So that is the other thing that I wanted to, to talk about. Uh, so they did ask, thank you for reminding me on that. Cause that did That's trigger fine. this thing. Uh, they did talk about Caitlin wanting to become, um, killer frost. She talked about putting on the costume and how excited she was to have that character come back again. So it may not have been written in the, I, I think they just reported to work this week to start shooting season two. Um, so, uh, Caitlin may not be killer frost immediately upon the next season. And they did talk about, uh, uh, 
um, what's the actor's name? I forgot his name. Uh, playing Vibe. Um, um uh, I'm gonna say Ramon, but that's not right. <laughs> well, his name is Cisco Ramon. Yeah, Cisco Ramon. But uh, they but, did ask uh, him how his breakdancing skills were going going on. They were they were really they were really edgy. Uh, and again, I think they were trying to avoid too many spoilers during the piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they kind of passed it around. So does Cisco become vibe in, in this season or not? And like everybody up and down the panel was just like, well, I don't know. What do you think, uh, Grant? I don't know. What do you think about Candace? I don't know. What do you think about? And finally, Jeff Johns is like, look, uh, I wrote vibe in that uh, new 52 series that we've talked about before. Go read that because it has his power set and what you can expect from vibe. Carlos Valdez. Yes, Carlos. That's what it is. Um, so I'm guessing then vibes stuff is going to be, as we kind of predicted at the end of the, in the season finale, um, during the, the flashback podcast, um, that he will have this ability to sense weaknesses in the other dimensions. And that will give us some, some very different, uh, adventures, including Barry in jail. That's cool. Um, killer frost and a whole lot more. And maybe even yep. the first look at the flash museum in real life and not through the, uh, speed force. Through the eyes of madness. Through the eyes of madness. Uh, okay, and then, yes, because we have DC Legends of Tomorrow coming up, mm-hmm. they also said that a lot of the groundwork in DC Legends of Tomorrow doesn't start until uh, 2016, like February or March, somewhere around there. It's a, mm-hmm. a half-season show. Right. That there is going to be a lot of groundwork laid in both Arrow and Flash this season to move those characters to the point where they need to uh, protect the multiverse and protect the timeline. So that's going to be interesting. And I did think, I thought they said they were going to have at least four crossovers a year, just between arrow and flash, which they should. I think that's, you know, if you have a shared universe, you should take advantage of it as often as makes sense. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that the crossovers that they did have worked up to a point Mm-hmm. I'm still troubled by that moment where the Titanic trio takes down the villain and then Green Arrow and Firestorm are like, okay, bye. See ya, bye. Whoa. Not our show anymore. <laughs> Yuck. It was. But I don't know. There's something about that that was very comic booky, right? Like Superman sure. comes in, punches the guy in the face and is like, you okay, uh, Vibe? And Vibe's like, yeah, man, thanks, Superman. Okay, see ya, Vibe. And you always know that on the cover – you know, there's, there's a shot of Superman on the cover coming right. in and hanging out with vibe. And you're like, Oh my God, Superman's going to be in this comic book. And then it's always <laughs> like, Oh, Superman came in for like three panels and then was gone. What a jip. Uh, uh, <laughs> usually they have a fight first. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, so that was, yeah, that's what you were talking about. Right. With the, the different crossover things. Right. And the, the Vixen cartoon thing. Oh, right, right. And the Vixen cartoon kicks off on the CW seed. I didn't see an exact date on that, but we did get to see a trailer for that. And it is set in the, as Matthew's going to call it, the Flareoverse. The Flareoverse. But does that mean that Grant is going to voice the Flash? I didn't see who they had voicing it, but it is, but it's the same character. So I would imagine that they would have them doing that. Looking at the trailer, Cisco appears in the trailer and is clearly voiced by Carlos. Yes. So that would be awesome if they do that. The only question I have about this is if you create that crossover, doesn't that make it necessary for somewhere down the line you to have a live action vixen? I would imagine so. And I'm wondering if they're not just testing that out, but I'm also wondering if the special effects of her uh, animal powers Mm. would be too much for television. The flash. 
I know he runs really fast, but see, you only got to do that one effect one time into a tornado. I'm just yeah. I I think based on their current thing, yes, it would be it would be super super spendy. Yeah, but I think that if you have a live action Hawk Woman, Hawk Girl, yeah, Hawk Girl, and you have a live action Flash, Mm -hmm. I think that a live action Vixen would be interesting. I I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that there would be a problem. I don't have a problem with that. Um for her to appear in the show, but they may not be ready for that yet. And so yeah. maybe they're just saying, Hey, here's the easy way to do it. Let's judge this. Let's get some, uh, let's get yeah. some flash and arrow viewers over to our CW seed, which flare of Yes. Uh, Vixen premieres on August, August 25th on CW seed. What's that? I think it's their online thing. Yeah. Really? So you go visit, uh, what is it? Uh, cwseed.com. They've oh, got the right. new trailer up there already. Uh, but I was looking to see if I could find on the IMDb's uh, who was doing the voices, but I don't see that here. And I better stop that from playing because the music's going to play. So um, I'm going to bet it's the same characters because I, I, I don't even know. Let's go over to the IMDb and see if they have anything down for Vixen. Not an ordinary. Vixen 2015. It's got Stephen Amell in it is what it's got listed. Stephen Amell plays uh, it's Green got, Arrow. He, it's got Grant Gustin listed as Barry Allen. It's got Emily Bright Rickards as a Felicity uh, uh, and Carlos as Cisco Ramon. And uh, I don't know how to say this. Oh, and then the uh, the main actress. Megalyn uh, Echinawoke. Yes, who will be playing uh, Vixen. Or maybe Echinawoke. I don't sure. know how you, st- I'm terrible with names. So I Well, yeah, you have trouble pronouncing normal names. To bite me. Patterson. Well, and I shouldn't say that isn't a normal name. That's a very ethnocentric, obnoxious yes. thing to say. I apologize for that. Yes. Uh, so Vixen is looking good. And there was also another hint that we were going to see in DC Legends of Tomorrow Hawkman show up. Ooh. Which will be very interesting, too. How are they going to pull that off? I'm going to bet if they're time traveling, they go into Ooh. the past. Or the future. And meet a uh, reincarnated Egyptian king. Well, how about this? Whoa, what if Hawkman comes from the same place that Jay Garrick does? Well, you know, it could be. I'm really hoping that they, I really hope that they take this idea of the multiverse and I hope they just run with it and just like, okay, this season, this season we're going to introduce, oh, they did say there were some villains that they haven't introduced yet. This season, we're just going to focus on all the Earth 2 characters. Next season, evil Earth shows up and we get Earth, Earth, uh, Nazi, Earth S. Earth, Earth X. Uh, Earth X or Earth uh, 3. Depending 3 on. is the evil backwards universe. X is yeah. the Nazi universe. Well, they, I I, I like probably, they probably wouldn't do Nazis on television, but I would imagine that yeah. they would be, that they would do the backwards well, they, universe with Owlman and, and uh, Johnny Quick and all that stuff. Yeah, the problem with Johnny Oh, Quick. wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be awesome? Look, season two, Earth two, season right. three, Earth three. <laughs> Oh man! By the time we get and then to we get to season 10. five, we'll be season five. We will be in the Shazam averse. <laughs> you know what? I hope that Jeff Johns is as nerdy as we are because that would be great. Because <laughs> then on Earth six, let's see what was Earth six. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, uh, DC isn't oh, even paying attention to their own multiversity. I Earth six, no. which was Earth what six was, was that the little uh, kids verse? No, it's Lady the CW Borg universe. And Lord Volt. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In the original DC universe. <laughs> All right, Matthew, we are going to talk more about The Flash as soon as the new season starts. I believe it's October. Yes. Uh, We will be talking about that on our Major Spoilers Flashback podcast. You can find that only 
in the uh, if you're a VIP, I think it's bronze level or higher that we did on that. Yeah, uh, I but, believe uh, anybody anybody who is a VIP has access. Yes, and and if it's not, then I will make sure that season two is definitely bronze level and higher. People have been asking how do we subscribe to it behind the paywall. I'm so busy. I'm still working on it. I've got it set up, but it's just not triggering correctly, and I need to get a hold of the um, uh, content creator of of our. Um, security system and everything so that they can figure out what's going on. Cause I don't think it's an issue. I, I think there's a bigger issue of it. They've got a way to do it and it should be set up right, but there's something just not triggering correctly. So we will have that so that if you are a VIP, you can subscribe to it through your iTunes feed and those kinds of things. And then every week, Matthew and I sit down and we record an episode very much like this, where we talk about the flash and all of that. And that's just another perk of becoming a major spoilers VIP. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and it's a companion to the uh, to the web article series that we post over at Majorspoilers.com. Yay. All right, everybody. That wraps it up for this installment of the Major Spoilers podcast. Thank you so much for downloading. Thank you for sharing this with a friend. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Rodrigo. Thank you, uh, 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 Jimmy. And everybody else who has part who has become part of the Major Spoilers family over these last nine years. I cannot wait to see where we're going next. Oh, man. What's <laughs> Earth 10? What's Earth 10? Nerd. Spectacular Earth 10 is Earth X. Yes, there we go. We're not going there because that would be a bad place to go. All right, everybody. We will talk with you next week. Um, Why? I don't know. Well, of course you know why, because we know that you love comics. We do, too. We will talk with you soon. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven Reach like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline Would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine Be in the Middle East With a king sign throwing soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.